You're listening to The Quad, a Killjoys podcast. My name is Chris. And I'm Stephanie. And I'm Annie. We're talking about the eighth episode of season two of Killjoys, Full Metal Monk. While we will talk about anything and everything from the episode, there won't be any spoilers for future episodes. Let's get started with our quick reviews. While one element of this episode really, really irritated me, I'll go into it later, I liked lots of things about Full Metal Monk, not least of which is the title. <laughs> <laughs> I assumed as soon as I saw that, oh, Stephanie's going to be pleased. <laughs> there was no but Monk thought, Dutch sexy times. I, I know, but it's okay. It's okay. But I thought all three of our leads put in really great performances in this episode. And I love the dynamic between Dutch and Davin and Hunky Monk. And as always, it's fun to see Johnny and Potter collaborating. So I, I actually quite liked this episode. What'd you think, Chris? I like this episode quite a bit myself. You know, if I may be shallow for a moment, which I don't think anybody will uh, complain about. Dutch looked great this episode. She Mm -hmm. did. She looked really good. Because, you know, the hairstyles vary. And while I often, if not always, like them, I just, I, I think this is very flattering on her. Yeah, I agree. Plus there's, you know, the jackets and the... the jackets. Anyway, mm. everything. Everything. She just looked good this episode. Davin also looked really good. And Hunky Mike. Everybody just looked really good. Except for I... Johnny when he was all beaten up, which it was just upsetting. Anyway. But later he looked cute when he was just in the tank top, I thought. It's oh, true. Yeah. He, yeah. He, yeah. He's even kind of cute, even beat up, but it, it's just upsetting. Anyway. Yeah. <laughs> this is so beside the point. But yeah, both of the major plot lines this episode were essentially trying to solve mysteries. And I just kind of enjoy that sort of thing. I know it's pretty standard for TV, but I enjoy it anyway. However, the reveals fell a little flat for me, but I'm glad we finally got them. I just, I I don't know. At this point, it, did anybody not see them coming? A lot of them, you know what I mean? Well, you know me, I, I don't even know what the wall thing was, since you guys had to explain that to me, so... But the other one, yeah, I saw that coming. This episode really feels like they're ramping up to the finale. And I am excited for the finale. Like, it it feels tense. It feels tense, and I like it. (laughs) It's a weird thing to say, Chris. Annie, what did you think? I agree with you. I think I like the tenseness, but I'm still nervous because... Yeah, I think this episode felt really intense for me, but it was because of the strength of the uh, emotional performances, like you were talking about, Stephanie. Because right from the beginning, I was really sad to see Dutch suspending her partnership with Johnny, and, you know, I'm nervous about what's going to happen with Johnny and Potter now that they've been pacified by the wall, and Jelko continuing to be a massive a-hole, and I just want to throw things at my TV, so it's just, I feel like the tension and everything is ramping up very well towards the finale. And Hannah John Common, as she continues to struggle between having to kill the old monk and, you know, when he said, when she asked, you know, forgive me, and he says no. I was like, oh, I felt so bad for Dutch, just everything she has to go through emotionally and still trying to figure out the mystery. So, but I thought it was great. Well, let's start by talking about Dutch's journey in this episode, because I I thought she had some really interesting moments here. We had that first confrontation between her and Johnny, where she's finally learned that he's been up to something with Potter. And while 
like I for me personally, my reaction to that scene was I understood that Dutch was hurt that Johnny was hiding something from her, but I don't know that I necessarily felt like she had the right to be as upset as she was. What did y'all think about that moment? I kind of struggle with it just because we all knew this was coming, right? I mean, mm-hmm. as soon as yeah. they set up this thing where Potter's like, you can't tell Dutch and Davin, and we're all just kind of like, this is just going to lead to a not issue. end well, yeah. Later in the season where they're gonna, they're gonna find out and be upset with each other. And it just, I don't know. To me, it's just sort of all of that stuff playing out as was sort of inevitably going to happen mm-hmm. as soon as that request happened. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Right. I mean, it was still a good scene for them, I thought, but mm-hmm. you know, I mean, they're the characters. They're not in the know like we as the audience are. So, you know, you can't always say that, well, it's not. She shouldn't be that disappointed or whatever, but. And maybe it's just because I had trouble buying Johnny's need not to tell Dutch from the beginning. It seemed a bit contrived to me. So maybe here I just feel like, why is Dutch as upset as she is here? It just doesn't feel like, I don't know, it didn't feel like she had the right to be quite as upset with him as she was, given that it's not like she hasn't hidden things from him in the past when she you know, felt like she needed to do something for herself and not keep not get him messed up in something bigger. You know what I mean? Right. She didn't you don't have think it feels one. earned. Yeah, yeah. Which I think is fair, because again, this is sort of what I'm saying, I guess, is to me, this just sort of feels like they're filling out the rest of the form. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> this is this is what happens next. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's it's somewhat predictable, given how the season has unfolded and given how, you know, that always seems to happen in television. I'm going to keep a secret. Okay. That won't work out. But again, yeah, they've kind of ticked off the boxes because Dutch said to Johnny earlier, well, you're my gravity. And you know, it's the thing where she's like, it's a one person who's not going to betray me. But of course that's what they're going to do because it's second season and they want to up the stakes and what you don't think is going to happen. It's going to happen in terms of, of course that's going to happen because it's, bit of a trope but i think it was still played off well though oh it was a good scene though i have to say i was a little not sure what was happening at first when we saw dutch strolling toward johnny's pen that he was in i first i thought it was a dream sequence or something that johnny was dreaming of just coming to get him and then i realized oh this is actually what's happening. I don't know. For some reason, I I, I thought that... Well, it's because nobody else was there. Yeah. And it's not like we saw anybody let her in. <laughs> you right. know what I mean? And, and how did she find like, out? And yeah, yeah. It felt like we would get more of maybe her not knowing where Johnny was for a time and yeah, figure, like finding it out. So it surprised me. a chunk me. of a scene out or something. It surprised me that they jumped straight to her going and confronting him about it. Mm-hmm. I, to me, the part that felt sort of odd was Johnny being accusatory in return about Dutch having to take care of her stuff, and it's always about her stuff, which on the one hand is sort of a predictable response, but on the other hand, Johnny, you're the one who's been super supportive of everything and her need to go solve that. I mean, that was the entire storyline of season one, was Johnny being super supportive and, you know, whatever it is you want to do, I'm right there with you, you know. (laughs) So it's just kind of, I don't know. That's what felt perhaps especially contrived to me in that scene. Yeah, I kind of had that same feeling too. I didn't really understand where that anger was coming from. But it might just have been 
Johnny was upset and felt, I don't know, ashamed that he got caught and was trying to uh, justify his actions a bit mm-hmm. to himself, maybe. I mean, again, like part of it is predictable because it's like, okay, you're going to lash out at me. I'm going to lash out at you because we're best friends and, you know, we know each other's secrets and, and all the dirt and all that sort of thing. I get it. But at the same time, I'm just kind of, it felt weird to me. Yeah. Especially well, since I don't think there was a, a scene back earlier in the season where Johnny really took a stand with Dutch saying, we need to work on getting this wall around Old Town down. And she said, no. Mm. If it did happen, I completely forgot about it. If if maybe there was some more conflict about that earlier on, I could maybe understand him being upset with her for being so focused on this other thing. Uh, but I don't think that happened, unless I'm misremembering. No. But again, I was just like, eh, I didn't think about it. I wasn't too bothered by it, the scene as a whole. I mean, it was, I knew it was coming, but I wasn't. Because I don't well, think about things in tech depth. Scene, but I, I just am, I, I don't know. I, we're just sort of teasing this apart the character's like, these motivations. These are the problems that we had with it. <laughs> or the the questions, maybe more than problems even. Just sort of, mm-hmm. this doesn't necessarily connect for me for this reason. Okay. But I did think that it was nice to see Dutch show, like she she managed to be a little bit petty and pout, but also show some awareness of Johnny and Potter's relationship in the same moment when, because she has that line later on to Davin where she said, you know, I called in Potter to help him because honestly, she can help him more than I can right now. And I think right. that was probably a difficult thing for her to do and to realize. What I liked about that was that Dutch is kind of like, I'm mad at you. And I'm going to walk away. But at the same time, I'm going to call in somebody who can do something, who can actually do something about this. Because, yeah, I don't really know what Dutch could have done at that point. It's not like she has any favors to call in with Jelko. Although I will say, since I wasn't here last week to talk about it, something that felt like a bit of a hole to me in last week's episode was when Johnny gets caught by Jelko and he says, well, how do you justify your actions to do for doing this? Like, that doesn't fall under being a killjoy. I was like, Johnny, why don't you use the fact that you have a warrant for Sinbeck? Like, she's sitting right he here did. in his office. You were pursuing the person you had a warrant for. But he did. He said, well, I'm a killjoy and I've... You know, he held up his little thing. So he was right, justifying but then, it. No, no, no. But then he said, like, no, that doesn't justify breaking into somebody's office, blah, 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 blah. But it does if his warrant is in the office. Mm-hmm. And he didn't press him on that point more. Mm-hmm. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah. yeah. Like, he didn't go there to find Sinbeck, but she was there. So that, I think, could have been a loophole for him. Like, but I have a warrant to find this person. And, oh, look, here she is. You know? <laughs> So I was under, actually wondering if in this episode, if maybe they would have used that as a loophole to get Johnny out of wherever the heck. Uh, but the way that it played out here was fine, too. I just last week when I was watching, I just that popped into my head like, Johnny, you have a warrant for her and she's sitting in his office. Happen, you know, ha- a happy coincidence. <laughs> she's in the place you were breaking into for other reasons. I don't think Jelko cares about happy coincidences. But but Stephanie's just saying legally he could. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. So yeah, continuing with Dutch's storyline. So Dutch and Davin then spend really most of the episode essentially following Klein's trail of breadcrumbs, his shiny, shiny breadcrumbs. (laughs) And they go back to the monastery to talk to Olin. And Olin leads them to... But who cares about that kid? So they end up... (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's kind of annoying. 
but Dutch's quest of the week is is trying to learn more about Anila, which leads them to what seems to be, you know, where the level six project began and finding that ancient Scarback, who was the last remaining one of the 12 who went to fight the, the devil on Arken. And, and both from Olin and that guy, we learned that apparently uh, this Anila, the D- double Dutch, is is this devil that they actually went to go fight. And Dutch is not happy about that, as I, f- I think is understandable. <laughs> I want to say we speculated that it could have been double Dutch, right? The devil. Yes. Yeah. I think we did. You probably did, Chris. You're very smart. <laughs> because Chris is right. Thank you. <laughs> what was it they were calling her? What's the, the old Pratal. word? Pratal. Pratal. Okay. Mm-hmm. And Dutch had that great line about how, you know. It's my favorite new nickname. It's my least favorite Least nickname. favorite yeah. <laughs> of my nicknames, yeah. I got confused because she also had that, that one earlier where she's like, I get the best assignments. I, she had really sarcastic <laughs> ones about just how terrible her luck was in this episode. She and Potter both were <laughs> reminiscing on the fact that they don't have very good luck these days. I love Dutch so much. But yeah, as you were talking about, Chris, we got that, that reveal that Anila called Klein father back in the day, which really was not a surprise to any audiences. And I don't know that they really meant for it to be. You know what I mean? I, I feel mm-hmm. like it was more just we needed to see Dutch have that realization. It's true. It's true. But... My very snarky response as I was watching was like, which is a surprise to no one, apparently, except for Dutch. (laughs) But I still felt bad for Dutch. I did like how Davin talked her down. He's like, put a very sharp pin in it and concentrate on the here and now. And they used the storyline of investigating more into Anila. It was another opportunity to showcase this you know continuing plot thread for dutch especially in this season this of her being unsure of who she is and whether she's a good person or a bad person because she then has that conversation with davin later on about how she's worried she might actually be this anila person when the monk told her you're like i hear what you're saying i disagree with you 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 are anila Mm -hmm. and and i thought that was a really great scene between the two of them Mm -hmm. yeah how would you know old monk right (laughs) come on (laughs) And how did he know how to speak English or whatever language they're speaking on the show? (laughs) It's possible that English or whatever language it is that they call it on the show. Existed back in the day, too. Right. Right. Alongside the old word. Yes. (laughs) But I thought it was really interesting that moment where Dutch decides that she's able to kill the Scarback the way that he's asking her to do. And she says that, you know, because... The other her, the other version of her, was the one who did this to them. She needs to be the one to sort of end it. And I think that, you know, in that moment, you just see this interesting conflation of, like, Dutch accepting that Anila's past bad actions are kind of something she owes penance for, in a way. And it was just a very Dutch moment to me. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, it's that conflict that I think Hannah John Common plays so beautifully. She doesn't want to take on those past transgressions, but she'll still do it because in her mind, with her sense of compassion, it's the right thing to do, to put the old monk out of his misery because he asks her to. But still, I was like, oh, sh- blank, when, again, he said he didn't forgive her. And I was like, oh, can you imagine, you know, I still don't forgive you, but you have to kill me. And I'm like, oh, I just felt so bad for Dutch that she has to carry that weight of Anila's past crimes. 
but I loved the way that she responded to him. To me, like the look on her face, it just, it was almost like this fair enough, you know, kind of, I understand why Mm -hmm. you can't forgive me. I don't know. I just, I really liked the way that Hannah John Common played that moment. Mm -hmm. Well, because I mean, that's kind of how she feels about herself, right? Right. Mm -hmm. So she would understand. That makes sense to me. I also liked in that same scene, the exchange, Davin's got the line, he gets to decide how much pain is too much, not us. Mm -hmm. Because that's, I mean, the whole thing about this team, really, maybe the show, is that the most important things are compassion and Mm self-determination. I just appreciate that aspect of the show, because so often it seems that's not the case on TV, especially. I thought for a moment that Davin would be the one who killed the Scarback, uh, because we've seen previously he has a lot of compassion for people who've been through the green goo implantation process because he knows how painful and horrible it is. So I was surprised that it, it that Dutch was able to do it herself. And it, it seemed to be quite a contrast to last week's mercy killing when she killed Sabine. It was a very different circumstance here. Yeah. And now I'm wondering if Dutch just ever gets tired of people asking her to kill them. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> it's been a tough couple of days for Dutch. <laughs> yeah. Well, again, she just said to Johnny at the beginning, I just killed Sabine yesterday, mm-hmm. and now I have today I have to kill an old monk. But I did think that was interesting how Davin, you know, yeah, for a second I thought he was going to kill the monk, but, you know, it was being kind of a sparing Dutch that she would have to do it. But she'll Mm -hmm. still step up and take responsibility for these past transgressions, as we've been saying, even if she's not sure if they were hers or, you know, her doubles. So she's not going to shy away from that. Well, because I think it's one of those Dutch has enough guilt for stuff that she knows she's done. Right. So even if it's not her actions that she's atoning for in this case, she herself is still atoning for her actions. So. Mm -hmm. I'm saying even if it's not that way from the monk's perspective. It's what I'm trying to get at. (laughs) Thank goodness she's nowhere near as broody as Angel. (laughs) It's true. Like, yeah. (laughs) Anyhow. I really loved the rapport between Dutch and Davin in this episode. I Mm -hmm. it was so good. And I think this is a really purposeful contrast on the writer's part. This time last season, you know, their relationship had just been shattered by him, you know, his switch getting triggered and him attacking her. And so she was really leaning on her relationship with Johnny. And now we have the reverse this season where her relationship with Johnny is on the rocks, but she's rebuilding this really strong bond with Davin, it feels like. Good observation. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was actually thinking about how, I mean, even earlier this season, there's, there was always sort of like the, the vague hints of sexual tension in a lot of their interactions, even if only from Davin's part. Yeah. But there's a whole scene this episode where Davin is naked in the shower <laughs> and Dutch is talking to him and there is not a trace of sexual tension. And I was like, I'm there's excited about this humor, for some reason. No sexual tension. Yeah. And I like that. I like how it's gone from Davin being, you know, a bit jealous of Hunky Monk and to them, to Davin and Hunky Monk working together and then... As you say, not sexual tension between Dutch and Davin. And I like that, how that's developed. And it's not 
not so potentially fraught with jealousy or any adversary, at least with between the three of them. So I, I do want to be clear here, though. I don't inherently object to a relationship between Dutch and Davin, a romantic relationship, but things have been weird. Right. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? And, and the one-sided sexual flirtation and tension and whatever it was that was there, it was making me uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. Cause it just, it, it felt weird and wrong. And yeah. so it just, this scene felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. And so to me was a nice contrast to that. Yeah. I feel so. like they've reached a different, they've gone past that by this episode. It was a nice change mm-hmm. for the show. Yeah, I feel like I, I agree with you. I'm not opposed necessarily to Dutch and Davin having a relationship either, but I think after what happened, they almost needed to get back to square one. Exactly. Before it's they like, could. I feel like we had to get to this point so that we can circle back around to that if they decide that that's what they're going to do. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. But you were mentioning Annie, the rapport between him and 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 Hunky Monk. They were so much fun. (laughs) You know, monk me up a bit, (laughs) and then later in the dusty junk. Yeah, (laughs) I'm tired of hearing of your dusty junk. Stop talking about dusty junk, boys. No flirting. I, and it made me, her line about stop flirting, it, it made me think, you know, they do have a little tiny bit of a Delsea Dutch kind of, <sighs> kind <laughs> of, <laughs> you know, homoerotic tension rapport going between, but there's, you know, some anger there too. It's Jealousy not quite, has turned to homoerotic tension. <laughs> it's not quite up to like Del Dutch. Levels. Oh, hell no. But uh, it's quite up there yet. <laughs> but I had to make do with <laughs> since Stephanie's that, uh, pulling it out there. Since Delsea was in one scene and not with Dutch in this episode, I, 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 I made do Sad. with the Davin and Hunky Monk stuff, which was which was a lot of fun. Uh, yes, the line was all right, boys, enough flirting. Yes. But of course, like I can't say flirting as well as Hannah John Common mm. can. Yeah. yeah. I like the way she says flirting. Oh, if you sexy. don't know what I'm talking about, go back and go listen back to and it again. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> Multiple times. But I did like how... I just like it when she says words. I'm I sorry. Know. I know. I love just her accent, she, too. That specific I'm not sorry. way she has enunciating them and her accent. Oh, it's so sexy. But <laughs> I did like how Hunky Monk honestly did help Davin later when he's trying to learn how to control the old monk. And so, what did he say? You know, just... Envision it. Supposed to, is it supposed to feel like a handful of bees? He's gonna kill him. No, no, no. He's got it. He's got it. <laughs> so I was but, trying yeah. to remember the line he had where he he was something like, like, kill him with peace. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, he's <laughs> killed him with peace. And and David's like, he's fighting me. We'll fight him with peace. Fight him with peace. <laughs> <laughs> or fight him at peace or something. Yeah, something. <laughs> Yeah, I, I think clearly the tension between the two of them seems to arise from their mutual affection for for Dutch. But I like that regardless, the two of them have been able to like help each other and work together mm-hmm. along the way. Yeah, mm-hmm. that was really that was really neat to see. They're just they're fun character dynamics in this show. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I, I really loved that scene between the two of them at the beginning when at, when Hunky Monk was trying to meditate, like, and Davin's yeah. all kind of like shy and awkward, like, oh, I gotta ask this guy a favor. I know, I, I now I need something from him, and this is his deal, not mine. I just really love the, the dynamic between the two of them. Oh, uh, one thing I was happy to see was Turin and Davin teaming up at the beginning. 
and to get have Turin get a bit of a fight scene. But yeah, when we, but when we find out, because <laughs> at first I was like, wait, why did that guy's eyes explode? And oh, it was Davin. So that was that was pretty yucky, but interesting. I I laughed hysterically. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I said ew really loudly. Ew, but I, I was like, hysterically. yeah. I was t- his eyeballs dutch. One minute they were in my head, the next my mouth did not taste like chicken. <laughs> <laughs> and then poor Luke with all this green crap all over him. That was a great shot. And he's like, Ugh, wiping it oh. from his eyes. <laughs> and I'm just thinking, why Why would you have your mouth open? Yeah. <laughs> Don't let anything grip because in there. Because he was choking he was him and he was breathe. trying to get some air in. <sighs> Don't have a lot of choices when you're being choked. It was really great to see Turin again. And I loved, <laughs> y'all didn't talk about it much, but I, I loved in the last episode when Davin was suggesting to Dutch the need to talk to Turin. I loved her reaction to his suggestion. Where it's like, we need to talk to somebody who has knowledge of level sixes and a great head great of hair. hair. <laughs> <laughs> you see the way Turin's hair was swaying back and fro in the middle of the fight scene? I was like, yeah, he does have good hair porn. <laughs> But I just, I love the way that Dutch reacted last time. She's like, oh. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh. So let's talk about Johnny and Potter. Can, can oh, I, one, sorry, one last thing? Yeah, go ahead. Team Awesome Force. Yeah. They're an awesome force. <laughs> I would not say I that. I would never say that. <laughs> oh, Davin. <laughs> oh, Turin. So grumpy. I guess let's wrap up by talking about Johnny and Potter's storyline, which was a lot of fun throughout the way, even though it ends in a very upsetting place <laughs> before so the really upsetting, upsetting stuff. It, it was a lot of fun. And I wonder if the reason the writers chose to have this happen to them, that they get inside of Old Town and, they, you know, Jelko activates the wall and they end up in this really childlike state is I, I feel like it was intended to illustrate to us how foolish they were to think that they could do this by themselves to begin with. Like, that's really what I got out of the storylines. You know, they just kind of look like... I didn't think it was foolish. I just thought, well, they don't have any sport yet, so they're gonna... Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, they they look, they seem very well-intentioned, but they look just like dopes, you know, for thinking well, they could do it yeah. themselves. Just the two of them. They're very compromised at the end. That's very not good. But isn't that always the way in genre TV? We're going to do it ourselves. We're going to keep it a secret. That won't end well. Nobody thinks of these things. (laughs) No, of course. That that is a a common thing. But I I thought this was an interesting way for them to demonstrate that very, very clearly. (laughs) Like, like they just... Uh, they, you, they're they so sweet and you kind of want to hug them, but then you're thinking, oh, you silly, silly fools. Why did you think you could do this without telling anybody else? Yeah. And you have that moment of like, well, at least they get to be kind of happy or feel like they're happy for a minute, <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess. I don't yeah. know. I'm so worried. <laughs> yeah. But I, I had a feeling that something was not wrong when they entered or sorry, that was not the right word. <laughs> Do you mean the opposite of what you said? I mean the opposite. I had a feeling something was really not right <laughs> with the two of them when they stumbled into Potter's old office because I was like, why are they this happy? Are they drunk? What's going on? Well, I only got yeah. it when Potter was shooting the can off his head, but I did think that was a cute scene. 
So yeah, I was like, they had many cute scenes, surgeon's hands, but yeah, and then it became cute slash very concerning. Like, snap out of it, man. Because it felt like maybe they were embodying what was kind of in Johnny's head. You know, like, we could, Potter and I, we can team up and we can do this great thing, but uh, no, they can't. No, they can't. Yeah, I was just kind of like, why are you guys taking a break? <laughs> isn't, isn't there important stuff that you were supposed to be doing? I'm mm-hmm. so confused. And then it's like, oh, yeah, something's wrong. <laughs> The only thing that I I kind of, I hope that it doesn't really end up this way. I I hope that Potter or Johnny or both of them, I hope that they are instrumental in getting themselves out of this mess. Because while I want Dutch to like come in and help him, I don't want it to feel like, oh, Johnny's in trouble and here comes Davin and Dutch. I I want him to have some, you know, to be able to help himself a little bit along the way. But how's he going to do that if he's under the influence of this pacifier type thing he'll find a way i mean he's a tech guy it's a tech problem but is it even gonna occur to him when he's walking around with no pants (laughs) he was wearing a skirt his legs will get cold and he'll think huh something is wrong wrong. (laughs) the cold will shock him back into reality Yes, that'll be it. I'm not saying that him rescuing himself is obvious at this moment, how he will do that, but I hope it'll happen. Yeah. That he has at least a role to play in getting himself out of this mess. No, I agree. But I, but I also think that this show has often, or always perhaps, made such a big deal about autonomy and self-determination. Right. It would feel really weird if he didn't have some part in it, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, and yeah, there was a great scene where... He's fighting against it, but you can't quite. And I'm like, "Come on, Johnny!" And yeah, that was that was hard to watch. But yeah, the where he's telling Jelko, like, you know, what you're doing is bad. We're going to stop you. And and you can it it just it was all there. I thought in in Aaron Ashmore's performance, like his true emotions were just trying to fight through, but they just couldn't make it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And oh, it was really heartbreaking. And somebody, please, please. Get Jelko and shoot him in the face or something. Cause I was really afraid when I was just like, ew, slimy when he had his hands all over Potter. And I was I really afraid that licking. they did that. Yeah. I, I really, I'm, that's something I'm a little tired of on TV shows. Like to, it, to demonstrate that a guy is really bad. He like paws a woman or licks her I face. I know, but or something. I was just afraid that it was going to go further, that he was going to capture her again and do God knows what. And then she would be defenseless because ew. she's complacent. That's, what I was, yeah. So, yeah. Ugh. But no, he just framed her instead. Oh, yeah. yeah, so that's all. Yeah, the face licking, that moderate, moderately irritated me. That but really what really, really me. irritated me is they killed Shamir Anderson. I, I am know. hoping against hope that he's somehow alive. I do not want I him to be dead, so. but I, I feel like that's a, you know, a, not a very, it's a very remote possibility that he's alive. I admit this, but I was, ah, that made me so upset. It's like, but he's mm-hmm. so handsome. And I, you know, and in a cape and everything. And dude, I felt those abs in person. You don't kill, you don't shoot anybody in those abs. So, but yeah. Small issue. It was a sash, not a cape. Well, <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was a sash. But yeah, I was upset to see him come and go so quickly. <sighs> but. Because especially since it, while, 
you know, we got some backstory on Pre at the beginning of the season. He's been much more of a, I'm going to pop up and be witty and amazing for a few seconds, which he was here. Like he was, he had a flashy scene. He got to sing, but he's been very not around once they got him back to westerly that is where he has stayed he has stayed in the royal yeah. we've not seen him anywhere else pretty much he's yeah, gonna so- come up and pop up and do more in the next two episodes so i so i have so, an idea yeah so maybe i think oh sorry <laughs> i was making a point so it feels like potter and hunky monk have gotten through lines in a way that Pre hasn't this season, and he's our others. He's like our other main person of color on the show. So it's been disappointing to me. Like last week, we did have a guest actor who was a person of color. She wasn't a, a bad guy, I don't think. Really, <laughs> she did. She kind of portrayed Johnny at the end, but you know, I doubt we're going to see her again. And then we get Shamir Anderson strolling on in this episode, and he immediately gets killed. So I feel like the the people of color on the show haven't had great representation this season. Yeah, like the guy from episode. Two. I don't even remember what episode number it was. I think it was episode two, where he just was immediately killed. Yep. <laughs> and, and they moved on, and we never heard about him again. <laughs> yep. And I forgot completely, like, who he was, what his name was, what he looked like. <laughs> I just forgot about him later. Like, I knew he existed to further the plot. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I'm, I, I hate it when it happens, period, but I especially was irritated this time because it was Shamir Anderson, who I love so much from Winona Earp. So, rest in peace, Shamir's character, Arun. I can't remember your last name, Arun. I don't think, I don't think, he, I think he just called him Arun. Oh, she mentioned his last name earlier, but I just... Did the she? names are okay. so complicated on Killjoy. <laughs> and they have to all be spelled funkily. So, yeah. <laughs> so, that, that made me irritated. I had to kind of, like separate that from the rest of the episode to judge it fairly because i was so upset by that but oh well do better tv do better (laughs) i know because as soon as it came on i'm like don't kill him god dang it yeah okay since we're talking about killing characters i have to point out oh yeah (sighs) because darn it Okay, so Potter says, you make me so happy I could die. And I'm like, Potter, don't say that! Don't you know you're a character on TV? (laughs) (laughs) I know, I had, I was filled with dread when she said Mm -hmm. that. I really don't want her to be killed this season. Please, please, please. It's like, did she just doom herself or did she just doom Johnny? Like, who is she dooming? Either way, stop it! (laughs) I know it's not going to be Johnny because he's the main character probably, but still. Don't doom yourself! It's just, it's upsetting. Do not say happy and die in the same sentence, people on television. And then I'm like, you know, but is Lavretta gonna, like, play with that trope of somebody doing that? And, Mm. you know, because that's always what happens, right? Somebody says that, and then they do. And I shake my fist in anger. But is is she gonna be clever about it and not have that happen? Please, 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 my fingers and toes are all crossed. I hope so. (laughs) But I... I have this silly idea now. It's like, maybe the key to get past the wall, it's like a sonic lock or something like that. And Pretty can just sing at it, and then they'll all be fine. <laughs> deactivate the wall. Excuse for more singing. It's like, well, that's what the the wall triggers in Pre is the need to sing. It's like, please, so let's keep the wall going all day. But <laughs> It's the only good thing that's happened because of the wall. I know, I know. I'm wondering if next season we might get a, a pre-Dutch duet. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be awesome. But, okay, thinking about it now, 
We keep seeing Potter in like warrior inspired wear, right? She had that whole <laughs> yeah. Potter warrior like, princess a gauntlet all down her right arm in this episode. Like it mm-hmm. was gold scales. Mm-hmm. Is she preparing herself? <laughs> is she is she guarding herself against this whole impending doom thing? <laughs> saying, "I'm so happy I could die." <laughs> Like putting on Somebody literal armor her- so she won't get killed? I hope Somebody so. Somebody get her 12 bulletproof vest, please. <laughs> yes, I mean, somebody please. was talking about her chainmail sweater. Maybe it really is chainmail. Because <laughs> she knows. <sighs> it was also great seeing Potter just take down Jelko. Just completely verbally lacerate him. Like, <laughs> But it was less great when Jelko was into it. Yeah. But she can't control that. But it was, I don't know. It was. It made me happy to see her be so fierce. I, I don't want to see her go become a person she's not. Uh, but I, I kind of enjoyed seeing her wield her power against somebody like Jelko, against yeah, a warrior right. like Jelko. I just wish it had worked. Dang it! Yeah. <sighs> Instead of inspiring him to contact Delsea, who then told him to activate the wall. Darn you, Delsea! I Delsea, feel so you're supposed to about be flirting with Dutch, <laughs> not putting the wall up. <sighs> I'll bet she wouldn't have done it if Dutch was there. Probably Dutch not. I was going to say, town. she wouldn't put the wall up between her and Dutch. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we're left worrying about Potter. And again, I think we're still just even more confused, though, about the relationship between Dutch and Double Dutch. Like, okay. Double Dutch apparently was Klein's daughter, but how in the heck does Dutch look so much like her? Did you notice that they mentioned the C word in this episode, Chris? Yes, I wish she means clones, everyone. (laughs) She's talking about clones. Not that C word, the other C word. (laughs) And yes, I did notice it, and I immediately tweeted it during my live tweet. (laughs) It's like, Dutch just said clones! Just saying! So is Dutch a clone? Is she a descendant? I'm confused about it, and I want to know too, Dutch. I am right there with you. Is there genetic engineering involved? They mentioned that this episode, too. Mm-hmm. Oh, possibilities. Is Anila Dutch? If I, so, how how does that work? <laughs> I feel like they were trying to convince this, uh, this episode that she isn't, so I'd be very surprised if it turned out she was. Mm, but it's still a possibility. Uh, yeah, it's still a possibility. That's my thought. But yeah, that's all I'm saying. Really, mm-hmm. I don't actually think she is. But yeah, you never know. Since I was alluding to Orphan Black with the reference to the C word, I wanted to bring up a question that Fred sent us. He was mentioning that he thought there was some similarities between Delphine and Potter, and I I don't know. What do y'all think, Chris? I'll ask you first, since you are a big Orphan Black fan. Huh. I I really hadn't thought about it until Fred sent us that email, and I apologize for not responding to this sooner, Fred. (laughs) Uh, Things have been busy, I'm sorry. But I don't know. I mean, I think it's worthy of consideration. My initial response is... That's such a non-answer, I'm sorry. (laughs) My initial response is kind of, but not really. But what do you think, Annie? In terms of what? That Potter's like a mole? Potter's... Like a mole? Sure, that's one potential point of comparison. I don't know. I haven't thought about it. Not really. I feel like there's The similarity maybe... is the hair. Yeah. <laughs> Not the color, the but the, the... the... Curliness. But the, the structure. Texture. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you could say there was some similarities in that 
I think eventually in their storylines, it's different points. I think we have both Delphine and Potter being a bit of an idealist, thinking maybe they can use their position of power to make things better for people they care about. Mm -hmm. You could maybe say that. And we see them both maybe taking a bit of a darker, more, I I don't want to say power hungry, but being willing to use the power of things that they, power, positions of power that they might have eschewed before in order to accomplish their goal. So I guess mm-hmm. there's, there's like maybe some similarities you can point out between the two of them, but I don't know that they necessarily jump out at me and make me think, oh, those characters are really s- similar. But that's just my take on it. Yeah, I guess there is the, the fact that they both have that big revelation moment where it turns out they're actually more or have more in their history than they've been admitting to, you know, mm-hmm. turns out Potter's a pretty, pretty princess. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it turns out Delphine is already a doctor who is well established and has a, you know, seemingly fairly high position in, in Dyad. One would assume since she got Leaky's job after Leaky died. So. Right. But I guess for me, I don't know that their personalities are all that similar, and I feel like they function no. differently in the stories. So, yeah, you know, I think there are some Other similarities than as there, love interests. But, yeah, but I, I still think they're pretty distinct characters for me. They're tall and have good hair. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they do have really great hair. Both both of them, great hair, great great hair. We'd love to hear your thoughts about this episode of Killjoys. You can send them to killjoys at askgenretv.com. We love getting voice messages, which you can send us in a couple of ways. Record a voice memo on your smartphone and email it to us, or call our listener voicemail line at 972-514-7223. Follow us on Twitter or Tumblr at Killjoys Podcast. We often live tweet during the East and West Coast airings of Killjoys in the U.S. and Canada. The Quad is part of the Ask Genre TV family of podcasts. To find our other podcasts about Orphan Black and Lost Girl and other shows, visit our website, askgenretv.com. Thank you so much for listening. See you in the Quad. <laughs>